Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast. I am Isaac Coleman and I'm here with my co-host, Kirsty Verity. Hi, Hi guys. This podcast was developed by and for Amazon sellers to highlight the very best strategies on how to grow your Amazon business and to get valuable insights from sellers to illustrate the ups and downs of selling on this incredible platform. Speaking of that, in this episode, we're going to be actually speaking with a friend and client of ours who is also a real Amazon seller, Joe Cumberbatch. So, hey, Joe. Hi. Good, thanks. Good. So, Joe, we're basically going to get started by, um, you know, just getting to know you a bit so the audience can understand what your journey has been. So, first question I'm going to ask you is, what was life like before working on Amazon for you? Okay, so before Amazon, I worked in banking. I was an accountant. I was the dullest person in the world. Life was just <laughs> go to work, try and keep the you know the the board happy, and just I don't know. Just it was, it was great. It earned money, and I could do the holidays I wanted. And my husband had a good job, and life was great. Um, but it wasn't fulfilling, and it certainly didn't bring out any creativity um, in that way in myself. But it paid the bills, and it was all good. And then. Um, Baby number one came along, back to work I go when he's one, and that really sucked. I live in Northampton in the UK, which is, Isaac knows what I'm going to say, so I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but it's it's an interesting area. It's it's an hour north of London. I had to commute into London to Canary Wharf, so two hours on the train. Long days there, commuting back, not seeing my child. Um, then fell pregnant and got two for the price of one, so I was expecting <laughs> twins. Wasn't the easiest of pregnancies. Um Commuting to London really wasn't possible, and and the, the company I worked for were absolutely excellent um, in accommodating that. But once I went on maternity leave, I just just knew there was no way I was going to go back to that environment um, and cope with the children, and just also felt there was something missing. So, about uh, the twins were at seven months old when a friend of mine from the bank, who'd also left after her second child, said, "Should we start a business? Give it a go." And that's when when our business started back in two thousand and twelve. All right. And so how did you start selling? Because you were like, well, well, let's start a business. How did you oh. decide what business to start? Oh, dead easy. Just create a product, get it sourced, <laughs> stick it on your website, and then the millions roll in. That's what we <laughs> thought would happen. <laughs> so we, we, we're both accountants. We both knew we had no clue how to to run a business we, we'd spent years telling other people what their numbers meant and how they should run a bank but no idea how we would run a business so we we brainstormed we thought about the things that as many people many mums do at that stage think about the things that they would like to make their lives easier um, and we came up with a short list and we we um we started to look at sourcing stuff and where to source from um and we we made a treasure hunt and it was nothing it was nothing it was like a treasure hunt kit it was nothing you couldn't create yourself but it was an off-the-shelf, ready-made, done. Mm. Um, and my business partner drew the artwork, and we saw some bits from from America, bits from India, um, bits from the UK, and it all came to my house, somehow not her house. <laughs> and we sat there and made these games. So I'd make, you know, 20 a month, and we stuck, we got our friends to buy them. And they're like, yes, yeah, it's cool. And we're like, yeah, you're friends. You have to say that. Um, and then we stuck it on our website, and we, we ended up selling... The big break we had at that point was, well, A, we'd, we'd found a niche that worked, that's something that traditional fun, people, the kids and people, parents wanted to buy into. Um, but B, the supplier in India that supplied the, the treasure hunt clue cards, they um, 
that we wanted to buy like 200 packs and they said well, we'll do a thousand for this price and we're like okay we'll, we'll we'll take the risk that's you know we've got to we've got to try and go for this and they went oh by the way we'll give you five thousand if you buy a thousand same price like sorry can you repeat that like oh well we may as well do that so we bought five thousand of these things in my garage um and it took us a couple of years to get through all of those but basically what it did was allowed us to learn how to well, I'd say to market, we didn't ever get very good at marketing, but it allowed us to finesse the game. So with those 5,000 units, we learned what worked, what didn't. And then um, we started to sell, we started to sell on Amazon. Um, and it was not the best format for now, for Amazon. It was in a um, like a canvas bag. So we didn't have a, you know, a UPC or any of this stuff, but we stuck it on there and worked our way through it. I had a lovely guy from Amazon back in the days when Amazon were helpful at Stella Central, um, <laughs> who taught me through how to do call in the stocks to FBA and link it in with UPS and all these things. I had no idea what I was doing. We just basically stumbled through it. Um, but it allowed us to bring back some cash back in and then get some reviews, get some more comments that weren't from our friends and our friends' mums. And then, basically commit to getting a proper designer in um, and we still sourced from India America UK I still packed it but <laughs> I was having to do 10 to 20 a night rather than 10 to 20 a month so we then found a contract packer who could do it in Northampton yeah you know not the most efficient process but meant I wasn't doing it so I could focus on growing the business um, and then we launched in America and that went pretty well apart from getting stopped at customs and incurring a $10,000 bill and we still don't have any idea why or what happened but these are the fun and games you have along the way um, and then we found China like suddenly went oh Alibaba we could do it on there and we basically took our product and said this is it cost it for us tell us what we can do um, and that helped get our cost right down um, get our volumes up and that opened a whole new vista for us back in mm. 2015-16. So so basically, you you were at home. You'd had the kids, twins, obviously the the, the last set, if you like. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> hopefully, um, no, definitely. <laughs> and you were like, okay, I want to do something different. And you had a friend who was like, yeah, I I definitely want to do that as well. Then you went, I know, let's invent something. So you said, well, what what made you go into games? Like, why did you think about kids' games? Obviously, you have kids, but I'm um, and, yeah. and a treasure hunt. We just literally brainstormed everything and anything that we thought we would want to buy as mums for ourselves or for our kids and um, then started researching uh, what sells. Um, not looking at Amazon. Amazon wasn't even on our radar at that point. Uh, and the treasure hunt game was something my business partner used to make for her kids. And I was like, actually, that's really cool. So I played her version with my kids and I thought there's something to this. So that's kind of just born of one of those ideas. Mm. And if you've got a need and a want and a requirement for it, there's quite often other people out there that would also at that stage of their life enjoy that kind of yeah. thing yeah that's that's quite cool actually and also you had a range of all your friends who were probably mums right yeah that you could say hey would you buy this so yeah, exactly. you kind of did your own market research without realizing you were doing your own market research it wasn't like a you know like a formal process or anything you were like well I want it they want it so other well, people might want it I think our R&D, we, we're very proud of the fact we spent 250 quid in total on our R&D for this product <laughs> before we actually took it to market. Um, but, you know, very different now when we bring a product to market. But yeah, it worked. We, we stumbled on something that was not unique, not we didn't recreate the wheel or anything. We just took something that people do at home and there are products out there as well, but we just, it, we found a niche, did it differently um, and it stuck. And the, and the products evolve. We're on now like the Mark, Mark 5. So we haven't stood still. We've We've looked at what works. We keep listening to our customer feedback. 
we rebranded the whole thing in April last year, which was an incredibly expensive and painful process, but it was worth it. And it's borne out now by the conversion and the sales that we're getting and the sense of pride we feel that we don't stand still. We keep reinvesting in the product and moving it forward. Mm. Yeah, and one thing I would say is that you, you, you've basically you found a, a few different things here, the challenges of fulfilling it yourself and then, you know, creating it in three different countries and, and sourcing it from three different countries. You kind of started to solve those issues but then once you finally found a supplier in China that could also do all this packaging and then can send into Amazon, obviously then you have to overcome things like marketing, advertising, all those other things, creating a listing, standout images. What yes. was the kind of the uh, initial barriers and constraints that you basically were like stopping you um, and challenges basically stopping you from moving forward and how did you overcome them? So, I mean, in a nutshell, we stumbled through our entire journey until about, I'd say, 2018. So the first six years of our business journey, we stumbled through it and and put that in the context of the fact that, you know, I had seven month old twins and a two and a half year old at home. And they've obviously grown up over those, those how many years that is. I can't even calculate it. I'm that it's, tired. It's like one, um, one or two years. <laughs> yeah. And my business partner has four children. Um, so we, we were doing this part time. We were doing this. We weren't doing this to change the world. We weren't doing this to bring in an income that, that gave us the bigger vision of how we want to live as a family. We were doing it more than anything to start with because being a mom is the most amazing thing in the world. It's also the most mind numbingly, dull, repetitive groundhog day thing. And I say that with respect to whether you're a working mum or a stay-at-home mum or something in between, which is where I would classify myself. But if I had to go to a coffee morning toddler group every day for the rest of my life or until they got to wherever age, I think <laughs> I would have jumped off somewhere quite high. I needed something else. And yes, in the back of my mind, that would then build something for the business that would be, sorry, for the family that would be financially beneficial in time but it was about a personal challenge which was I was really lucky because the money didn't matter I didn't need to make money in that first few years I didn't need to hit certain goals I just needed to feel that I had something you get called when you're a mom you don't you don't you don't have a name you're just you're Alex's mom you're the twins mom and that's who I've been for quite a few years and I just need something else and the business gave me that but so I didn't do any of the, I've, I mean, I didn't even know these called ASM, any of these courses you can do, YouTube. I didn't even look at YouTube videos. There's YouTube videos out there that tell you how to do stuff on Amazon. I didn't even know that. And then um, we started working with some coaches in Australia, two ladies that are absolutely amazing. And they had Isaac on as a guest speaker. And no one in, no one in Australia at that point, it's 2018, was really doing Amazon. Amazon was about to come to Australia, hence why Isaac was coming in there. Um, and I listened to the guy and went, oh my God, there's someone out there that knows this stuff. I hadn't even Googled it. I mean, that, how thick am I? And so I gave Isaac a shout and he was brilliant. He said, mm, I'm not sure. You create your own products. That's that's interesting. Um, we could help. <laughs> well, we're happy to give it a go. We're doing a live event in London. And I'm like, okay, that's down the road. I can do that. So off I went to meet this American and his mates and this whole group of amazing people. And it was like a light bulb moment for me. And I do come from a place I was so naive before meeting these guys. I knew nothing about this world. So it was like a switch on. So that was the point where I went, oh, you've got to have brilliant images and you've got to have great copy and you've got to have your PPC managed and you've got all these things. I got the nuts and bolts. We got the engine working. We weren't marketing. We were just being, we'd been lucky to a large extent at that point. And then suddenly we, we, rewrote the copy we got the photos redone we re we were just on the verge of thinking we probably need to rebrand and that cemented it that that weekend and then 
that was September. It took to April to go through the whole relaunch production and get it to market. So that sounds like a long time, but actually quite proud of that. That wasn't that long in, in my world. Um, and that's when things changed. That's when I suddenly realized I should be in these kind of communities. And so the Facebook group that you guys run, and, and it's not just you guys that help, it's all of the people that are in there that are so willing to spend their time. People will receive your stock in and relabel it and send it back in for you. People will be going, oh, I know where that document is. Give me five minutes and go and find it. They will give their time willingly. And that's, that's amazing. And I find that in the Amazon world really refreshing. Yeah, because network. I think um, because everybody's struggle, got some kind of struggle, right? And we've all Absolutely. been there. We've, we've probably all done the stuff that you're going through. So, and we know what it's like when you've had to wait like three months to find one thing. So therefore, if you can find it in like five minutes for someone, you know, it's just going to save all that heartache and time. And, and you especially as well, I think in those communities, you're very good at that as well, because I think you understand that piece of it having been six years of what the hell am I doing right <laughs> <laughs> it's well it's, it's nice you, I get a chance to give back on certain issues and areas where I feel confident then I will yeah I will try and contribute and help and you build friendships as well so some of these people I've now met face to face because we've gone right you live in the UK as well and there aren't as many or it's been harder to find a community in the UK and Europe than it is there's so many of you of you out in the states and great meetup opportunities and stuff. But for me to go to Salicon or that kind of thing, it, it's a massive, not only cost, but time away from the family. And my husband, I went to China last year. He had the kids for 13 days and um, he loved it. He took them to school, he did all of that. And then when I got back on the Saturday night, um, I got a lift back from the airport because didn't want to drag him all the way down with the kids. And they opened the door with a massive bunch of flowers tears in their eyes like you do appreciate me it lasted about three days and then they were back to normal but it was really good for him to have that time with the kids but um you I can't yeah I can't just jump on a plane and join all these American meetups so it's nice that we're starting to form communities in the UK we went out for dinner the other night and it was it was really lovely good laugh and also I got about four different good contacts from people and I also shared various contacts I had so it was a social but it actually took all of us forward with our businesses Mm. actually that's a good point um because I think that's one thing when we start our own business. I mean, how did you feel? You said you were in the job and you went to work every day. And, and yes, it can be a grind. But there's some cool things about also <clears throat> about going to work every day because you have a network and you have people that you work with. So how did you feel about that when you first started your business? Well, the positives of going to work before, before having kids was that I got to go to the toilet on my own and I got to drink hot coffee. And that, that stopped for quite a long time. And still <laughs> the toilet part is quite difficult in my home. But it's lonely. It's really lonely. We've got a dog. I actually made my husband get a puppy two years ago because I said I'm so lonely at home. I have to have a reason to get up and go for a walk. I have to have someone to talk to. I can listen to her snoring. She sits on the sofa behind me and she snores while I work. But yeah, it's really lonely. And that again, that's the big plus of, of, um, of you guys is the community that I've built, both a virtual community I can reach out to. So we formed a mastermind and we have a call every couple of weeks. And those guys know me inside out. I will tell them if I'm feeling depressed, low, or I'm feeling like everything's going wrong. We, we lay it on the line. We've got family issues. So we share all of our lives in a way that I can't with my friends. So my friends are awesome. I can share loads with them. I start talking about Amazon and there's this glaze, like you just <laughs> stick it on Amazon and it sells, doesn't it? Mm, no, not really. Um, so these guys understand my whole life, which is really, really lovely. And yeah. unexpected. Yeah, that's awesome. It's almost and- like you're leading two lives. Yeah, it, it is. Even my husband's brilliant. He's so supportive, but he doesn't get it. And I'll tell him an Amazon problem and he'll go, Mm. I'm like, you, you got no idea, have you? He's like, well, there was about 65 acronyms in that single <laughs> sentence. And no, but I reckon you'll solve it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Get it. 
Well, I mean, it's, I think it's awesome that you, the fact that you persisted for so long, right? I mean, six years, like you said, you weren't looking to write then and there, you know, replace an income or anything, but you were replacing an emotional, it's like an emotional benefit, really. That's what you, yes. were, that's what you were creating. And you could so easily replace that with an, an emotional negative and say, this isn't working, I'm going to give up, right? So you must have had, you've got some unique skill or some unique way of thinking about business or thinking about uh, keeping persistent. So what do you think is that one thing that has helped you be successful? Drink. Booze. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> uh, I can't answer that. I think it'd be different for different people. I'm not the most resilient of people. And there have been a number of occasions where I've just gone this business. I'm done. I'm done with it. It's too hard. Like when we got stopped in the US and incurred a 10K customs bill and the stock was delayed for two months, which meant we were late launching and almost missed Christmas. But what I have learned to accept is that that was 2015. There was some other disaster in 2016. There was another disaster in 2017. It's part of doing business. And is it really a disaster? Is my house still standing and my kids still breathing? Yes. So can we solve this? So we've just launched a product, which is a dud. I was so excited about it. It's super cool. It's going to be awesome. And the quality's not where it should be. And I'm gutted. But we've found a way to, to mitigate it. We're and we should be able to sell the stock through and we're clear with the customer what they're getting and the reviews are positive and the complaints have stopped since we implemented what we did. So we're not gonna make any money on it, but we'll sell it through in the next six months. And mm. we're working with a supplier to work out whether, well, she said she'll replace for free. So there may even be a future in the product. But the point when I realized there was a quality problem two weeks into launch, when I was two and a half grand in the hole from giving away and running high level PPC, if I got at that point, Oh, this is too difficult. Just bin them off. Then I'd, you know, I've, you've got to, you've got to think on your feet. You've got to problem solve. You've got to have your, um, your eye on the prize. So my, my reason for my business is not that one product. It's all of my products, and they will all do well at some points and not so well at other points. And it's about building the portfolio out, and it's about keeping going. There is always a way. And that way might be to go, okay, that product's dead and write it off. And we've done that to the tune of £20,000. That was painful, painful. But do you know what? We should have done it earlier because that product was packed poorly, was damaging in transit. It was too big. The FBA fee was too high. It was too complex. It tried to do two things for the market, both of which people wanted, but not together because they didn't understand it. Um, and there was, there was a lot of, and it took, oh, we started with a supplier who didn't pass testing. So we're in the toys and games, you have to pass safety testing, didn't pass. Supplier went, don't worry, we'll remake it and it'll pass. Well, how are you going to guarantee that we'll do it specially? Well, so that's for the prototype. What about the full production? Oh, we can't guarantee that will pass. Mm, okay, bye then. See ya. <laughs> and you've got to be prepared to walk away. We spent a lot of money by that point, but I'm not working with a supplier that can't guarantee the full production is going to be of the mm. same quality as the prototype. So yeah, you've got to you've got to keep going. And one of the things you guys talked about um, prior to the live event I did in 2018 with you and during it was making sure you were really clear on your why and your vision and your goals. And those three things stick with me. So I think I've got here. I just updated it. I did it 18 months ago with you guys, and I've just updated it. And this is this is my vision. So I want to be camping with the you know my my goals aren't aren't high. I don't want to be in the Bahamas every two weeks. I want to be camping with my kids, fully engaged with them. I want us to all be healthy and happy. I want to have a gardener so my husband can enjoy the garden and not have to do the heavy lifting. I want us to be mentally healthy. And I also need to recognize that happiness is here and now because sometimes I forget that. I'm so busy striving mm-hmm. for what next year will bring when I hit that goal. But I'll never hit the goal because I'll keep setting new ones. So 
all of that stuff, it's, it's, it's all in your mental attitude will allow you to then ride out the ups and downs and there will be ups and downs. Mm. Yep. That's brilliant. So I think that it kind of comes down to, uh, basically your, your ability to solve problems has kind of got you to where you're, gonna, you're at today. And I think that's a really key factor for a lot of Amazon sellers and just people in general, like solving problems is, is one of the best things you can do. It's, it's not about getting overwhelmed, quitting. It's, there's always a problem. This thing isn't going to kill me. It's not going to kill anybody. I know as soon as I can figure out how to solve this problem, I can move forward. Would you kind of agree with that? Absolutely. And someone's already been there before you. So that's why these communities are so important because if, if I'm having a problem, someone has almost undoubtedly had the same problem or something similar enough that they can hold your hand and help you with it. Um, most of this business success is copying what somebody else has done. That's not the right word, but riding on their coattails. If they've had success doing, doing it, learn from them, take their roadmap and follow it. That's what I've done with you guys. And we've gone so 18 months ago, it was a one product business and it was a struggle. Every day was a fight to get myself motivated to come in here and do what I need to do. Um, and every pound felt or dollar felt hard earned and the profit wasn't coming through. And it's not, I don't think got a whole lot easier. I still have to a fight for, for everything, but we're growing faster. But more importantly, I'm enjoying the majority of the time doing. I'm enjoying the journey and I've got people to reach out to. And it's really tough to go, Oh, help. I mean, literally, I call the other week. I just cried. I just need to cry. I just cry. You get this. You get why I'm crying. I'm going to, and, and I, I offer that to other people. I'll, I'll be the one they can cry on. And there's no reason why you've got to be this stoic person that solves all their problems on their own. Everyone's been in something, or not everyone, there are enough people out there that have been in a similar situation that can help you through it. Use them. But people want to help. They really do. Awesome. And what, so you obviously went through that big journey. A lot of learnings there. So what advice would you give to someone if they were literally just thinking about starting their business today, their Amazon business? Do, do your research to understand what it takes to, to get a product on Amazon. You do not just find something, buy it in a different color, stick it on Amazon with some cool photos and it will sell. That's, that's not going to work. You don't have to create something like I've done. You can take something out there that works well and, and find out what can be improved and, and do it better. I think it comes down to risk appetite. So I'm really risk averse and I have to be much more willing to take risks, calculated risks for this business. Um, And if you've got 10 grand, dollars, pounds, whatever, don't sink 10,000 into stock inventory. You, you, You can't. You need to sink. You need to work out how much you've got to spend on inventory, how much you need for getting it over to whichever country you're launching in and then how much you need for launching and to keep you going and then to reorder. There is no point if when you get to the point where stock's low, you haven't got enough cash come back in to reorder. So you're better to go smaller and test it. And I think I would advise anyone these days to keep their full-time job or their part-time job that's supporting their income and get a product or two to market and fail. You will learn way, way more when you fail at something if you don't just walk away and give up, if you look at the failure and work out why did that go wrong, what could I have done differently? Mm. And getting involved in a community like your, you guys have got it real um, is, is absolutely worth every penny or cent. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <Or send. laughs> yeah. And I kind of just want to give people kind of the full scope of your business now because we've talked about the hardships and kind of the struggles, but you're in a pretty good place now. So with all the ups and downs, can you give us an idea of like how the business is going now? Yeah, so we doubled year on year in terms of units sold. So um, this last 12 months has been all about rebranding, rebasing, exiting where where we're not making money, where it's not worth it. So we had a whole load of legacy products that were selling a few a month or one or two a day. We just exited them, moved away, rebranded the ones that work. So essentially, we've been a one product business really for for the first six years. 
We launched a new product in November in the US, that same product in Canada in January. And then that product will launch in the UK around the 1st of March. So across the three geographies, that's great. And then we've launched this product, which is a dud and just in the US, and it was only ever going to go to the US. And we will still have to make decisions about the future of that product as to whether we can resolve the quality issues. Uh, And then we have two products in design at the moment, which we're just discussing through. We're starting to look more strategically at our business and working out where our, you know, we've got cash flow issues. That's going to be one of the biggest issues you face in an Amazon business is having all your cash tied up in inventory and not being able to replenish and expand. And that's where we are now. We need a lot of money to expand this year with all the ideas that we've got for new products. Um, And we're looking at strategic and saying we'd like to launch three products this year. But our choice is to launch one in all three, one or two in all three geographies or three products in one or two geographies. And you do the maths and Germany's not worth it for us. UK is okay, but it's it's tight on margins because we're VAT registered. US is would will take a lot of launch costs. We'll have to go at it hard, but we will get there and we will establish ourselves with confidence. Canada, slow burn, we'll launch with very little launch costs and we'll just let it build over two or three years. And that, that, that works for us. So we're just going through all that metrics. So rather than just, oh, we've got a product that works, let's throw it at every market. You, you've got to choose where to go because you'll just run out of cash. You just will not have the money and you'll also fall over because you're not you're just not optimised. You'll have too much stock in one country, inventory in one country and not enough in another. And we've mm. done that whole shipping from the UK to US and the US to UK. Don't do, do, do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> we've so made every, if everyone wants a list of mistakes or, or yeah, if they've got a problem, come to me because I've definitely made that mistake and I can help you through it. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I think um, people listening to this are going to get some gems about what not to do, right? Um, oh, absolutely. So... And I know you had a bumper, you know, Christmas. Obviously, I think your your product lends itself well well to that as well. It's, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is a, it's a giftable Christmas item. So I got the classic. I've never known. I'm sure it's happened to other sellers, but I'm just going to go with I'm the only one in that entire world that's had this happen. Of course. I had Amazon ring me on Cyber Monday to say, your deal is doing so well. Please, please, can you release more stock and keep it going? Because it's going to run out of stock before the deal ends at midnight and we want to sell more of it. And and then I had an offer for a de- that was on a lightning deal. Um, so we sold about 1,200 units on that single day um, versus a normal day. It'll be like 15 to 20 units. So like one day, it's like, wow. And then they rang and said, can you do a deal of the day, which is would be even bigger than that. But I didn't have the inventory. And that's and that's the that's the crux of things. You've got to balance cash and inventory. We could have sold a lot more than we did in December yeah. in both the US and the UK. I mean, you don't um, usually sell an entire month's worth of inventory in one day, right? No. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, I, I so sixty to seventy percent, sixty to seventy percent of my unit sales will be the four weeks, the last week of November through to the end of the third week of December, and that's my problem. That's a massive problem for me to be able to to uh, finance the inventory and to physically get it where I need it to get. So I had to air freight in stock to both well all all, all three countries: Canada, UK, and. USA to keep myself in stock, which was a shame. Still was profitable, but the margins were depressed because of that. But I took the strategic view that I wanted to keep the sales momentum going and that would then benefit me come January. January has been shocking, so I don't think that really worked, but you, you just don't know. But it, it, it's, yeah, it, the sales in December over Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, would I think the sales pretty much topped my entire year the year before in just like four days. It was, it wow. was, it was insane. You, you sat there refreshing and it would go up 20 units in three seconds. You're like, whoa, this is this. And those are the days where you feel like a complete drug addict. And then you hit January or more to the point, 24th of December, and it goes down like that. 
right, stop pressing refresh because I can press refresh every 48 hours and the number won't change. But it's just, <laughs> it's, it is, it's, it's fun when those numbers are coming in. That's definitely. Yeah. Fun. And you're going to be able to plan for next year as well, or this year, should I say? Yes. And the fact is as well, once you know that, once you've been through a year of really good like sales, you can see those ups and downs properly, right? And you'll be able to yeah. say, okay, well, this year, I know I'm going to make a bumper, you know, four days and during that Christmas period. And then how does that smooth out around the, the rest of the year? And, you know, when you make all that profit, that's why it's called Black Friday, right? You know, yeah. you're, everybody's back in the black. Um, so, you know, you want to be able to um, manage that spend so that you can then plan for the next year in terms of inventory and cash flow and all that other stuff. So Exactly, which is exactly why I'm doing that January, February, planning it all out and working out where we need to get to and obviously making sure we have the funds to grow our core existing products that we know got a pretty good idea how they will sell. And because it was going so fast, I ordered more stock and got it made and it shipped out before Chinese New Year. And we're overstocked at the moment, which normally would be something I'd worry about. But given everything that's going on in China with coronavirus, I'm actually exceptionally glad that right now I'm sitting on some inventory so that I haven't got to, well, I'm actually am about to place a reorder, um, but I'm not desperate for it. I'm just kind of yeah. placing it because I know they're going to have less work. Kind of hoping that all, all the competitors run out of stock and you have the extra. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping that they'll all go out. And then uh, one particular competitor that I want to I want to take down, I'm really hoping they'll run out of stock. <laughs> is that evil but <laughs> no it's uh <laughs> business normal it's competitive for your own team isn't bad yeah exactly well that's so mentioned... talked about team so i've got two vas or three vas in the in the philippines one does ducks in and out and then two one does customer service and one does all my logistics um and inventory planning and um that's been a, like, a, a huge change and one of the reasons i hadn't done it before i met you guys 18 months ago was because i couldn't face sitting down and writing all the sops the standard operating procedures of how to do stuff i just thought well, by the time i've done that i could have done it six times i'll get to it next month oh next month and then uh, isaac dropped the bomb you just do it on loom as you as you're you know doing the task, just video yourself doing it and send it to your VA. So that's what we've been doing. And I've now got weekly team meetings with them. I know all their family names, their dogs' names. And we, yeah, it just, it's, it's brilliant. I, they are part of, they're my virtual team. And I really look forward to talking to them each week because I'm lonely at home. Um, <laughs> and it's great because I'm building, building a team. And those guys, they, they would get up at three o'clock in the morning and do what well, they have been doing that. And I twigged that's what they were doing. So I've stopped messaging them after 6 p.m. Because if their phone pings, they get out of bed and do what I've, asked which i'm not asking for urgently i'm just saying in the next week could you do this yeah so the with the time zones <laughs> but all of that there was um something that you guys i think you guys said um don't do the all the ten dollar tasks get rid of those get them get, get them done by someone else anyone else and if they're not quite done to the way you want to do them but they're done that's that's fine you just focus on the stuff that's the thousand dollar task the ten thousand dollar task and that's what i've been doing over the last 18 months and you can see it in the business results and you can see it in what i'm enjoying because i'm not tied to I'm not doing custom service I rare I do look at it occasionally and I cover themes in case there's a quality issue or something needs to be picked out but I don't worry about she doesn't respond to them quite the way that I want to but she responds perfectly politely and nicely and the customers love her so great I wouldn't have written that way but that's good <laughs> you do it off you go that's brilliant actually I was just going to ask you around resources so in terms of you know any any key resources that you've found to help you scale and grow the business so obviously team is probably one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, how did you, how do you find that you're building those resources to help you scale and grow the business? Trial and error. So we started small, tested things. So my VAs aren't full-time. They, they work 
basically the zero hours contracts they work with whatever I put their way I'm clear about what I hope to put their way at the beginning but I keep it narrower than I'm hoping I might go because I want to test and see if they're any good and we've had VAs that have not not got us as a company not got the way that we work or not done it to the standard that I require um and you have to work work with them. And I always look at myself first to see, am I communicating properly? Have I given them the information I need, they need? And have I given them a couple of chances at it? Because I don't, no one gets something right first time. But if I've explained it enough times and they're still getting it wrong, then I would have to go back through the training again and potentially move on. And that's what we've done with a couple of VAs, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the social media space. That's probably one of the areas where we're still struggling to find someone fantastic. We've got a really good guy that does all of our you know day-to-day postings and he's great with creating the imagery and so on but we're still not we still need to do marketing is our like Achilles Achilles heel that's just not something we're good at two accountants marketing you don't want to spend any money on it we just don't want to do it (laughs) but you still had a you you still got a great business on Amazon right so it just shows you that you don't really need to have all that stuff as long as you follow some kind of process yeah, but PPC, of course, you see a direct result between your spend and your return. It might not always be exactly in sync and it might well be that your spend's higher than you want it to be, but you can see the link. Whereas you start sticking Facebook ads on um, and things, I struggle with that, but it's it's an area. So this, this coming year is about getting these three new products to market in at least five geographies between them. And then next year will be all about, right, building our own lists, um, Facebook ads, um, trying to build out some website, looking at wholesale again. We do do some wholesale, but not enough. Trying to build a rounded business that is shaped for a potential sale in the future, because that's ultimately where you want to get to. You want to go, okay, yeah, I'll have the millions and bye-bye. You take yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Build it for a few years and then then take yeah. off. <laughs> cool. So now that you're in the position that you're in, obviously, and you've been in the position of what a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast have been in, what would you say to somebody who might be thinking like, this is too hard or they might give up? I don't, I don't know much in life that doesn't require work. So if you're buying into the four hour working week, this is not for you. Okay. You will have to, you'll have to work hard. That doesn't mean you have to, I know the right phrases. You can still enjoy it and you're going to have to put the effort in. If you put four hours in a week, you're going to get four hours worth out so I, I work school hours so I work during term time and I work from nine in the morning till three in the afternoon and I I work I am focused and I'm very much on it um, I try not to work too much in the evening but generally my brain doesn't switch off so I recognize the fact that I struggle to switch off so I try to put the laptop down but I'll just let things permeate so a problem I might have had during the day may well get solved in the evening whilst I'm pretending to watch whatever my husband's got on TV or worse when I'm listening to my child read and actually I'm still turning over how to get the FBA <laughs> feedback that they've overcharged me. But that's that's my reality and that's who I am. I'm an all-in person. So I can't I, I can't switch off completely. I have to find different ways. But putting my phone down, putting my laptop down. So I'm putting in and then school holidays, which we're, we're on school holidays now. I try not to schedule too much that's going to interfere with the kids. Deliberately pick this time because it's six o'clock in the evening here in the UK, which means my husband has to put the kids to bed and I just get to go up and give them a kiss. So that's all good. So I strategically choose my working hours during holidays um, and I just fit it in between stuff. So we've had an interesting day out at soft play and all of that kind of stuff. And then I've 
shoehorned in an hour of work before we left for soft play another hour and a half when we got back because they had been running around for two and a half hours so xbox time was felt appropriate then a long dog walk then they had tv for an hour and i got another hour's working so you you're gonna have to put you have to put the time in you're not you're not going don't do not buy any course or any material from someone that says you can drive a porsche and work four hours a week because <laughs> you might be able to one day but not in the beginning you, you yeah. like any other job you're gonna have to put the hours in yeah, that's something that I think we kind of always talk about is like, there's there's really no such thing as passive income. I mean, you can maybe get it from investing in the market, but this isn't passive income. This is still business, right? You still have to earn what you what, what you want to get out of it. You might get, so where I feel like I'm getting to now <laughs> is that I'm working 70% plus of my time is now on the fun stuff. It's on the product creation. It's on the market expansion. It's on tweaking things to make them better. It's not on customer service. Although I actually, I love servicing customer and making them happy, but I've got someone that does that really well. And it's not on, I do run a lot of spreadsheets. I do spend quite a lot of time running spreadsheets, but that is the accountant in me. And I, I do it for relaxation. So um, <laughs> that's just, you all have your geeky thing you do. I know you do Isaac with your cars. So um, you're going to, you're going to have your geeky thing. So if I'm getting really stressed, I will turn to spreadsheets and start working up all the spreadsheets to try and work out what that, what, whatever is it stressing me? What does that mean for the numbers? Am I really to be worried about this or not? And um, yeah, so you, I am now at a point in the business where I'm enjoying it because I'm not getting bogged down by the day to day. I'm my, my, the work I am doing most of the time is now six, 12, 18 months out that will deliver the benefit. And that I really enjoy that. It's a really mm. nice place to be. It sounds like you've gone from what a lot of people call the grind, right? So that that grinding point where you're like, okay, what am I supposed to do every day? What am I actually working on? What's actually going to bring the money? And you've had some kind of like turnaround where you've also seen some success, but you've still worked hard. But now you understand that you're out of the grind and you're really about, okay, I'm, I'm about scaling this thing and then just solving problems as they, as they arise. But as Isaac said, it's not totally passive. But you described there around, you know, just refreshing your sales and seeing the, the money come in. And while you sleep, especially in the UK, you know, you can go to bed, wake up, you know, refreshing. You're like, oh, yeah, we've had an awesome day. So that's that's pretty cool. I think one of the cool things about this business. But yeah, in terms of putting the time in, you know, it's, it's putting the focus in on the plants that are going to grow. You're going to water them. You know, you're going to sow the seeds properly, get the right soil. Um and then actually watch it and nurture it versus, yeah. hey, I built it. See ya, I'm off the beach. See ya. Yeah, that's also the best thing. Is you can still make money while you sleep, which is different from mm. you going to work, right? You can't make money while you're not at work. No, that's true. I think that also when you're good at something, um, don't necessarily make that your role in the business. So I'm good at finances. I'm good at reporting on what's happened and extrapolating what that might mean for the future and what we would need to do to get to where we want to be. That's a skill set I have. Doing the accounts each month, skill set I have. You know, filing the receipts and doing the tax return, all skill sets I have. Physically, I'm trained for it. That's what I've done since I was 18. Um, but, and it took me a while to realize it's a complete waste of my time to do that. So, about two years in, we took the decision to hire a bookkeeper. Um, and it cost a lot more because I had to actually pay her. I wasn't, I wasn't paying myself at the time, but it was the right decision because it, it meant I'd stopped fiddling in something that that I knew how to do, but actually was just a distraction and stopped me doing the things that were more scary, like trying to get into market and product creation. So I am not an imaginative person. Ask my children if I play a game and I need a set of rules and we follow the rules or mummy does not play. I <laughs> like structure. So creativity is not something I do. We do do painting, 
but very, very rarely. And we all have to wear aprons and everything gets covered up and we paint for five minutes and then mummy cleans. I, I just don't do it. I don't do creativity. <laughs> so to be leading a company that makes children's games is really quite bizarre. Um, and if you looked at my desk now, there are bits of my games and bits of prototypes of games that we've got coming. And it's a complete wreck in here. I've not done that naturally. I've done it through letting go of the accounting and letting go of the customer service and saying, right, where I actually need to be to take this business forward is to create products. So I, I'm not very good at the idea initially. My business partner is really good at that. But once she has a gem of an idea, I'm the one that takes that and then nurtures that into something that will work economically, work practically, you know, will fit the right FBA tier and all that kind of stuff. And we'll then go and find the suppliers and then go through the prototyping and then we'll circle back, get her involved and we get to something amazing. And we started a new product, um, development about five weeks ago and we both thought we knew what it was and in five weeks this product is so different to the point where it isn't even going to be primed at the particular market we thought it was to start with it's just evolved and it's so cool and I cannot wait and we're prototyping it in a blank one this week and I'm like to the supplier are they back yet is the factory back please can you make this I need to see it I need to see it's going to work and that is just not 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 who I was when I started this business so I've grown as a person and I like that I really enjoy being Joe, who's not the accountant. (laughs) So it sounds like what you're saying to people is, number one, you've got to work hard, but you'll see the rewards. Then number two, push yourself out of your comfort zone a lot. So yeah. when you when you believe that you can't do it, just freaking do it anyway, and and yeah. you know and push it forward. Because even if there's a problem, you're, you're always going to find a way to solve it. Yeah, seventy percent done is good enough. Get it, get seventy. So if you've got an idea that's seventy percent formed, just get on with it and do it. Don't, procrastination and lack of action is definitely not going to get you success. Action at the worst, it's going to get you. Um, things you can Data. learn from to do better next time. Just don't put the kitchen sink and everything into it to start with. You need to learn. Like any skill, if you wanted to learn how to walk a tightrope, you wouldn't go between two high-rise buildings. You would start a foot off the ground, wouldn't you? And you would have a friend holding your hand. That, that That's it to me. Just start, do something and learn from it and learn from those around you. Awesome. awesome. Well, appreciate your time today, Joe. Uh, it's been awesome hearing from you again. Obviously, you know, having worked with you for the last year and a half or so, um, seeing you grow and, and just being more confident. And, you know, I remember you kind of being kind of a little bit scattered all over the place when we first met. And I know you still have like, you can kind of see in the background there with like the, the stuff you got all over the shelves. It's, it's something that once you kind of fine tune it and just get it going, like it starts working and, and really appreciate your insights and the strategies that you've talked about. And, um, you know, we wish you the best in your business going forward as well. Well, if any, I'm very happy if people want to reach out to me um, with their problems because I've been there or about real because I, I, I absolutely just you guys have been a massive change that 2018 was a huge year for our business and two things happened that year and one of them was the real guys you guys Joe, the, and then the meeting Kirsty last year was just like just awesome so yeah <laughs> brilliant awesome well <laughs> thanks thanks again um, and for everybody out there if you like what you heard today on our show please be sure to hit the subscribe button share our podcast with your friends who also might get value out of it as well Also, if you're looking for some free training, head to www.goteamreal.com to see our real Amazon seller training there. And we'll see you on the next show. We wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.